Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Amen. Good, great to see you, you good looking bunch. So, um, if you've got a Bible, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 5. You could turn to that. It's good to read, it's good to read scripture together. And um, uh, so we're following a series that J. John has written. And just to remind you, J. John is coming to the Warrington Wall Stadium at the end of the year. On Thursday the 14th, uh, there'll be a carols at the stadium event. And we're looking forward to thousands of people gathering together to um, sing carols with the Salvation Army Brass Band, which will be great. And also to hear J. John bring a message of hope at Christmas to lots of people that um, may, may not have heard the true um, message of Christmas. The Christmas is the gospel, and it presents us as a church and as followers of Jesus as a great opportunity to be overtly open with the gospel. And um, the clue is in the name, isn't it? Christ must. So we look forward um, to that. So um, we're, we're following a series called Just um, Ten. And uh, last time I was with you, I spoke to you about how to affair-proof your relationship, and uh, last week Dale was speaking to us about how to manage our anger, and I just, just remind us again this evening that as we look at the Ten Commandments, sometimes we can think it's a little bit like, do not, do not, do not. Um, I think we need to remember that God is our creator, he loves us, and God has kindly put parameters in scripture just to help us to understand the way that God wants us to live our lives and uh, I, I 1 John 1 verse 5 just reminds us that this is love for God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome for everyone born of God overcomes the world so parameters boundaries the guidance of scripture is something that we as a church as followers of Jesus it's something that we embrace and we celebrate. And the command that we're doing this evening is a command with a promise as well. The Bible says in Exodus 20 verse 12, it says, Honor your father and mother that your days will be long in the land the Lord your God will give you. Another way of putting what I'm going to put this evening, the way that J. John has packaged this preach this evening is how to keep peace with our parents, how to keep peace with our parents. And there's some, some scripture that we're going to read together now in Ephesians chapter 5. And some of this scripture, when we read it, it can seem quite counterculture. Uh, it talks about people submitting to each other. Yeah, sometimes that's, if that's done in the wrong spirit, that isn't the kind of vocabulary that people want to hear. But this evening, we love Scripture, we hold to Scripture, we take Scripture as our, as our guidance, it's our Word, it's the Word that guides our lives. And so as I read this Scripture this evening, um, I want you to know that I hold to all this, um, because um, as you take the whole of this passage, you can see that the Spirit of Jesus, in terms of submitting and honouring one another, that's what comes through in the passage. 
And as this talks about the natural family, it's also important in our church family that we have a similar culture. So um, Ephesians chapter 5, there's a few areas that this covers. It encourages us to submit to one another. It, encourage, it doesn't encourage, it tells us to submit to one another. It says wives should submit themselves to their husbands. It says husbands should love their wives. It also says that children should obey their parents. And it says that fathers should not exacerbate, exacerbate their children. Okay? So there's some stuff there to help us. All right. Now, you know, please don't get hung up on the submission thing. All right? Listen, if someone loves you like Christ loves the church, they will treat you like the most, and I say this in, a, in, in an endearing, um, positive way, they will treat you like you are the most precious thing that they possess or that they're part of, okay? So don't get hung up on the submission thing. If husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church, let me tell you, that is a high bar. If that is done, then there will be no issue around submission. And also we recognize as we read the scripture, it talks about the fact that we should submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, yeah? This isn't about anyone telling anyone what to do. If we find ourselves in a relationship where we're, we're having to tell each other what to do in anger, like that's not a good place, that's not where God wants us to be. But God has presented us with an order to life, and it's a good order, and it's one that I embrace, and it's one that's in Scripture, and so we, we hold to that. Um, so here we go, Ephesians 5 verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, Submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so wives also should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies, for he who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they, fed and, they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church." For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I'm a son. Well, am I a son? I am a son, but both my parents are in heaven now. 
I was a son for 52 years, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. And also, I'm a father, and it's interesting that the scripture there particularly talks to fathers, and it tells us not to exasperate our children. I kind of thought, what's that word exasperate mean? It obviously means something painful or confrontational. It means to not provoke your children to anger. And it's interesting that fathers, it says that to us. And I have to be honest with you, as I read that tonight, I thought there are moments when I actually think I'm having an argument with one of my peers when I'm arguing with my kids. And actually what I think that scripture there is telling us as parents is fathers, sometimes we need to be the adult in the room, yeah? It's not about winning the the argument in the moment. For goodness sake, Lucas, come on. It's about, it's about, it's about seeking to help our children to understand in the moment what they need to see, but not at the cost of winning an argument. Stories of parenting are that there is much joy in parenting. There's the joy when the little beauties are born, yeah? And it's a wonderful thing. I remember the first time Abigail was born, 21 years ago. And for the first time, like I was a dad, there was something particularly special about that because there was one day I wasn't a dad and then there was another day that I was a dad and people came to me. I was at the foundry at the time in witness and people used to come to us and say, hey, congratulations, you've become a dad. Really wonderful news. And I remember that feeling today, 21 years later. There's a joy of celebrations and birthdays. There's the joy of our children achieving things. There's a joy of seeing them grow up and seeing them develop to become all that we would want them to be as young men and young women. I heard this week that a father is a man who carries photos where his money used to be. Yeah, And I th- there, there is a sense that, that there is some cost to being a parent as well. And uh, as a parent, there are joys and celebrations, but there are challenges as well. I don't think any of my children are in here, are they? Oh, Elizabeth's here, right. Here we go, Elizabeth, yeah. So, so Abigail, Abigail, this is the challenge. Abigail, please tidy your room, yeah? All right, her room is a mess. Levi, Levi has discovered since he went to secondary school that he can get on his bike, and he's like, um, he just drives and drives and drives and then discovers that he needs to come back again. So, Levi, please let us know where you're going. Elizabeth, Elizabeth just says the word slay all the time. (laughs) It is is a mystery. It is a mystery. Phoebe for years told me that she was going to go to London to study. I think she just did it because she knew that it upset me. She ended up going to Liverpool to study law. And then Lois, um, our our 19-year-old, she decided to change university course after one year. So there are these challenges, there are, to being a parent. There are joys and there are challenges. And God has designed us in families, and God has designed us as a family. So as we talk about honor in our biological families, it's true also that within the body of Christ, it's important that there's a sense of honoring one another. Very important. Um, Honour is, um, is to treat with respect, 
to not speak negatively about someone, to esteem and value them, and to give weight to what they say. And the Bible says in Romans 12.10, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. And in a culture where leadership is sometimes sniggered at or um, attacked, the, the Bible talks about biblical leadership being worthy of double honor when, when they do their job well. Yeah? So honor is something that needs to be part of many aspects of our lives, but particularly this evening we're talking about honoring our parents. And I want to talk about this from two perspectives. I want to talk about this this evening from the point of view that we need to honor our parents. However old or young we are, like we need to seek to do that. But also, the challenge comes to us as parents this evening that will we parent in a way that deserves honor, where our children will respond to us in honor. And both of those are a challenge to us um, this evening. It can be a challenge if our parents criticize our choices or maybe of who we marry or the career path we follow or how we raise our children. That can be a challenge. I was really blessed to have two parents, Eric and Ursula. Um, they actually eloped and got married because they got married in the 60s. My mum was a German and my dad was an Englishman from Morecambe. And so in the, in the mid-60s, it was very taboo. For, it was only like 20 years after the end of the Second World War. It was very taboo for a, a German to marry an Englishman, particularly for their families. So what they did is they eloped, they went away. Eric, the old romantic, they got married. And uh, I, for me, I was really blessed to have great parents. But I understand tonight that not, might not be your story. There can be all kinds of reasons for that. But I want to maybe just help us this evening that whether we've had an experience of great parenting or maybe the parenting that we received wasn't maybe as good as it might have been, that we would still seek to find ourselves in a place where we can honour our parents. So three things just about honouring our parents. We honour our parents this evening by, first of all, accepting them for who they are. So my father, Eric, was a particular character. It's easy to talk about because he's in heaven, so I can say what I want now. Okay. But, but Eric was part, of, he was part of this community for, for many years, and he was part of Latchford. He helped us plant Life Church. And uh, one, one, thing, um, one thing about my dad is that um, I, had to, I kind of had to learn to accept him for who he was. Like, if my dad could have planted the church... He would have planted, planted it with, a, with an accordion and a Holy Ghost Congo. Like, that's what he would have done. But my dad came to understand that, that my leadership was, style was maybe different to his. And I came to understand and appreciate that actually much of who I am and what I've learned, particularly how I deal with people, came from dad. And I think the church, you lot, you loved it when Eric had something to say. Because you knew that he was unpredictable and that Eric could say anything. But I learned, I learned over time, like there were times, if I'm honest, that he, he kind of, it almost like rubbed me up the wrong way. I'm just like, oh, dad, what are you doing that for? But I came to the conclusion that actually my dad was a very unique, special person. And, and I think, you know, sometimes as our parents grow older, there are certain parts of their personality that, that, 
they, they might not be as endearing to us as they might have used to have been. And there can be medical reasons for that. There can be all kinds of challenges for that. But listen, if we want to honor our parents, we have to be accepting of them. We don't accept toxic behavior. We don't, expect, we don't accept nonsense being spoken over our lives. But we accept their, their little quirks and the way that they are. Proverbs 23 verse 22 says, Listen to your father who gave you life, and don't despise your mother's experience when she is old. Okay, don't tune them out. You honor your parents by allowing them to feel that they're seen and they're accepted by you. Okay, second thing, we honor our parents by appreciating them. I remember in the summer before my mum went to heaven in the early 2000s, um, what we, our, our kids, we knew that mum wasn't well, but, um, we, we, but we just thought she was going to get over it, so it was fine. But we thought it'd be really great to do an appreciation party for mum and dad. They're such great parents. And I still remember that day. Their house um, was in East Ham in East London. The district line used to run behind their house. It was like a train line. They had a long garden. And I remember there was an August summer day where all the kids, we all came from, I was in, living in Widnes, and my sisters were living in Plymouth and wherever. We all came together, and we simply had an appreciation day. And we looked our mum and dad in the eye, both of them, and we told them the things that we appreciated about them. And we'd never really done that before. And to be honest with you, it was a little bit awkward, because we weren't kind of a lovey-dovey family, you know. We just... It was a, relationally, I feel that my child was a very solid one, but my mother was a German, and Germans, very stereotypical, isn't it? I can say it because I'm half German, all right, but they just act in a certain way. Like, you knew you were loved by my mother, um, you know, if she wasn't growling at you, you know, you, you knew. And so we, we, we had that afternoon together, and you know what? I was so pleased that we did because actually, we didn't know at the time, but, six, but literally six months later, mum went to heaven. She died of a brain tumour in her kind of late 50s. And the great thing was that as kids, we had no regrets because, listen, the worst thing you can do is wait to a funeral to appreciate your parents. In fact, let me say this, put it out there, the worst thing you can do is wait for anyone's funeral to appreciate them. Okay, don't wait for funerals to appreciate people. Like, appreciate them in the moment. Parenting is difficult. It can be costly. I remember growing up in Dagenham in the East End, we didn't have a lot of, of money as a, as, a, as a young family. And so I remember trips to the Science Museum, the Natural History Museum, Buckingham Palace, the changing of the guards, the beach. As I look back now, like my childhood was, was, was rich, but all these things, kind of, they were free. But being a parent is costly. I read this this week, that there was once a boy who presented his mother with a bill. And this is what it read. Um, Hoovering the lounge, one pound. Washing up, one pound. Taking out the rubbish, one pound. Total bill, three pounds. So the son gave the bill to the mother, so the mother thought, okay, I'm not going to do, I'm going to give my son a bill. And this, was, and this was her bill to him. Here is the bill. Okay, first of all, washing up and ironing your clothes for 10 years, 
£10,000. <laughs> Buying and preparing all your meals, £20,000. Nursing you day and night for three months when you were sick, £10,000. And then what she did is she wrote at the bottom, total bill, I love you. And that's the thing. Like, parenting is costly, but we don't do it for any reward. And I don't think our parents did either. And so what we need to do is we need to position our hearts in a place of appreciating them. Listen, our parents were not perfect. They got things wrong. You as a parent, you won't be perfect. You'll get things wrong. But to appreciate our parents is to honour them, and that's what one of the commandments is, that we should honour our mother and our father. Third thing, final thing on this part, stay close to them. We honour our parents by staying close to them. Parents need our ongoing support. With everything else that we need to juggle in life, and I know that many of you have been through experiences where you've had to really kind of help your parents through difficult times, yeah? Let me tell you, that is really honouring what you've done and what you're doing. And the challenge in that is that as you honour your parents, that you also seek to do the other responsibilities that you have. And one mustn't be at the cost of the other. If you feel you have to do so much to honour your parents that you neglect your own family or your own physical well-being, that's not good. There's this balance where we honour our parents, but in the midst of the busyness of life, they understand that we also have other responsibilities as well. This command doesn't last a lifetime. Uh, I no longer have parents to honour. I honour their memory, but they're not here any longer. But I am grateful for them. And so in terms of honouring our parents, that is what we need to seek to do. But also, I believe this command works both ways. So there's a command for us to honour our parents but also this evening, I believe that um, if parents are going to be honoured, then there is a sense that we need to understand that we need to be worthy of the honour that we, we receive. And so that means that we need to think about the way that we parent our children now. One of the best ways to correct children is to correct the example we are setting for them now. And so the, the only perfect parent that there ever is or was is our Heavenly Father. He's the only perfect parent. There, are no, there is no parent that has parented perfectly throughout their lives. So what can we learn from him? Okay, here's a few things that God does for us. And if we're going to parent well, whether you have young children or whether you have adult children, here are some things that we need to do. First of all, the way that God treats his children is that God listens to us. Psalm 145 verse 18. It says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. And what a, what a contrast that can be sometimes to our experience. As God listens to us, we need to listen to our children. When was the last time you took time to listen to what your children were saying. Listen with your eyes. Be present with them in an environment that's comfortable. 
As the Bible says there that the Lord is near, it talks about God being present with his people. Are you present with your children? God listens to us. Second thing, God understands us. To be like our Heavenly Father, we need to seek to understand our children. I know it can be so easy for our children to say, you don't understand me. And, we, and we, don't, we can't understand everything about our children. They're unique individuals, and their world is so much different to the world that we grew up in. Like when I was growing, growing up, there was no internet. There were no mobile phones. You know, I mean, seriously, if you wanted to speak on the phone to someone, you used to have to pick something up with a wire attached to the wall in order to speak to people. Like the world has changed considerably. But yet... We need, they, we, need, we need to seek to understand where they are at. Proverbs 24 verse 3 says that a house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. And so we as parents, we need wisdom to understand where our kids are at in a world that's completely different to the world that we were in. And it might mean that you and me at the glorious age of 52, sometimes we have to skill up in things. We need to read round. Like we need to, we, we, we need to under, take some time to seek to understand some of the challenges that our children have. And one way that we, one proof that we are seeking to understand our children is that we are patient with them. Okay, be patient with your kids. Like cut them some slack. Take your time with them, okay? As, as, God, as God understands us, he wants us to understand our kids. Third thing, God keeps his promises. It's a really important thing about parenting. However old your children are, if you say, if you say to them you're going to do something, like make sure you do it. Um, I saw a rainbow across Warrington yesterday. It reminded me, Genesis 9.13 I set my rainbow in the clouds. It is the sign of my covenant with you and all the earth I will remember. And then finally, God disciplines his children. Hebrews 12 verse 6. The Lord disciplines those he loves. It's okay to say that I love you, but sometimes I don't like your behavior. It's okay to say that. And... Um, Proverbs 13, 24 reminds us that those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Disciplining our children and giving them boundaries, we're not, I'm, not talking about particular, I'm not talking about physical punishment. I think, I, think, I think there are boundaries and challenges and consequences that we can put around the lives of our children without doing that. But they, our kids need to care that we care about the way that they act. And then as I was reflecting upon this, I thought, well, how am I going to finish talking to all of us about this this evening? And I took some time to reflect upon my own parenting journey. Me and Sarah have been parenting for 21 years. Our eldest is 21, our youngest is 11. We have five altogether. And I just thought, what, what would I say to other parents that are either um, kind of at a similar stage to us or maybe like you've got younger children and you've got some of this ground to cover over the coming years. So there were four takeaways I wanted to give you tonight, okay? First one is this. 
Don't sacrifice your children. You will never get this time again. It's really important you understand, particularly if you have young children, that the next 10 years will go so quickly. Like, for example, if one of your kids is about 10, the next, te- the next 10 years will go so quickly. And before you know it, they will be gone as children. Not gone from your lives, but gone as children. And you will never have that time again. And what happens in life is that you, you have your kind of, your work life, you have um, your church life, other responsibilities that you have, and then you have your family life. And my experience is that whenever pressure comes, the thing that always gets squeezed, okay, it's not your work life, it's not your church life or your other responsibilities, it's always this thing over here called family, okay? What you need to do, what we need to do, is understand the importance of our family being our first church. We need to invest emotionally, spiritually, into our first church. And so don't allow your first church to be squeezed because there are these other pressures upon you. You are a finite being. You only have so much capacity. And in this season, I encourage you to give your capacity to your children. It's easier to build children than to mend broken adults. Okay, so that's the first one. Don't sacrifice your children. Second thing is this. The most important piece of furniture in your home is your table. The most important piece of furniture in your home is your table. I say that because your family dinner table can be a place of rich fellowship. But there will be seasons where you have to intentionally have a family meal a certain amount of time a week because everyone gets so busy getting their own tea. Now, there are nights, there are nights in, that, in, the, in the Jewish house where Mrs. Jewish will announce, when she's feeling lazy, yeah, where she will announce, um, she will announce, it's get your own tea night. And actually, the kids punch the air because, you know, for Levi, it's chicken nuggets, hash browns and baked beans with ketchup all over it. He loves it. It, it just kind of just nourishes him no end. You know, we, we just get the beans in there so that there is some nourishment. But, and that's fine. That's really good. But I reckon like four times a week, like we insist that we sit down at the table together. Now I understand some people work late, maybe in Manchester or Liverpool, you can't always get home, okay? This isn't about guilt tripping anyone. It's about you understanding that actually it's a really important thing for families to eat food together around a table. When I was growing up in Dagenham, again, you know, it was a small house with seven of us. We weren't minted, but mum and dad always made sure that we sat down at the table and we had food together. In doing that, we, we always prayed. We pray at home every day. Sometimes it can be a little bit of a robotic prayer, if I'm honest, but we articulate our thanks to God for his provision and for one another, and if maybe one of our two, two of our kids are away, we, we particularly just, just briefly pray God's blessing on them. I wouldn't like you to think that we have a Bible study and a time of intercession every time the Jewers sit down for dinner. But we just acknowledge God's kindness and his presence with us. We eat the food together. And then what we do is we talk to each other. Like, you know, 
We might talk like this week, um, there have been moments we've been talking about Gaza and Israel and Hamas and terrorism and all that kind of thing. And like, what does this mean? And what does it mean to the Israel pe- Israeli people? What does it mean to the Palestinians in Gaza? You know, why, why have hostages been taken? Like, our kids are interested in these things and it's a moment, an opportunity to talk about these things. It's, a, it's an opportunity to talk about their day, about what they've been doing. And it's a moment that they get to spend with mum and dad. And they observe how mum and dad talk to each other across the table as well. All those things are important. I read this this week, that most parents spend less than 15 minutes a week speaking with their children. Okay, our children need to be seen and heard. And so, aim to eat. I I put four out there. If it's three, that's fine. If it's five, that's fine. But aim to eat a number of times a week your family because the family dinner table is the most important furniture in your home. Third thing, there's four of them all together, your priorities will become their priorities. Your priorities will become their priorities. I say this particularly to you if you have children who are under 10 or under 11, primary school age. It's really important, this. I mean, it's important for all children, but particularly that age group. So often, I have parents coming to me and saying that their, their 15-year-old is not interested in church. Okay? And it breaks my heart when someone says that, because that's really... Because they're, they're probably telling me because they see that my kids have, have been in church, but for whatever reason there is. And this is not a magic formula, okay? And I say this really gently, but I have to say it because otherwise people won't know. This is my take on it, yeah? That actually, our children, they pick up the priorities of a family when they're at primary school. They pick it up. They see if mum and dad just to boil it down to something that's very one-dimensional, it's not the whole story, but to make the point, they boil it down to the fact that mum and dad tend to go to church when they feel like it. Because if it's a sunny day, or if there's a, spe- if there's a birthday somewhere, or if there's anything remotely that it seems a, a decent option, they bump church and they go to the thing. Now, in itself, that's okay. Because it's nice to spend time with family, isn't it? And also... Going to church doesn't make you a Christian, like going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. Yeah, that's true, that is. All right. So that's true. I get that. All right. And I'm not being, I'm not being religious or weird about it. All right. The church is important, but so are the other six days of the week. Sunday's important, but so are the other six days. But what I'm saying to you is that the, it seems, as I've observed families, that the kids pick up the fact that actually it's actually, it's important, but... There's other stuff that can bump it, yeah? And so actually what happens is they grow up and their children become inconsistent in wanting to go to church. And it's because, I think, one reason it can be, it's because what happens is kids just pick up the fact that actually it's not that important because mum and dad, it was optional for them, so it's optional for me. My experience is that when parents go to church on a Sunday, except if they're on holiday or if they're sick, all right. I just think kid, kids pick that up. And so it becomes a priority. Now listen, I might be wrong. I'm not, that's not in the Bible, everything I've just said to you, all right? It's just my experience. And like many of you, that will be your experience. That as you have modeled this behavior of prioritizing the gathering of the saints, yeah? So your kids 
understand the importance of that. And also I understand there's all kinds of other things that can be added to that, yeah? Sometimes we have extended periods of sickness where we're not able to go to church. Sometimes we have a spouse that might not want to go to church with us. All of those things come into it. What I'm saying to you, it's not to condemn or to challenge anyone. It's simply to say that our kids pick up on our behavior. So I'm saying to you, be intentional about your behavior around spiritual things because your priorities will become their priorities. And final thing is this, just to encourage you all tonight, that you can train them, but you can't make them. You, it's very important that, okay? If one of your kids or a couple of your kids are not interested in spiritual things, they're not a Christian, it's not because you've been a bad parent, okay? You are worthy of honor as a parent. You have parented your children well. I'm sure about that. But ultimately... The gospel is one of invitation. All right. An invitation is Jesus invites people to follow him. If they choose not to follow him, you can't make them follow him. Because by nature, if you try and make them follow him, then that's not the Christian faith or the Christian gospel because it has to be their choice. What I would say to you is that particularly those of us who have adult children who aren't following Jesus, commit to being a parent that will pray for your ch child. I think the story of the prodigal son is, a, is an amazing one because it has the picture of the father looking and waiting for the son to return. And I think that's the way. If you feel you have a prodigal around your life, that's the way to position your heart, yeah? You position your heart in such a way that you prayerfully expect them to come to a place where they choose to follow Jesus again, okay? But I, I say that to you because there are, as part of our parenting, we seek to train a child in the way it goes, but later in life, you know, some do depart from it. And that's not your fault. That's because they've made that choice, and that's their choice to make. And that is, the one, that is one of the unique things about the Christian faith, you can't make people be a Christian. It's a position of the heart. It's a choice that people make. Yeah, Father, this evening we give you thanks that you are a perfect heavenly Father. And Lord, we've been reminded about the way that you interact with us. Reminded of that scripture that as a father has compassion on his children. So you, Lord, have compassion on us. And Lord, I pray this evening that... Um, First of all, Lord, that you will just enable us to honor our parents. Lord, to accept them, to appreciate them. And Lord, I pray particularly where that might be a challenge, maybe because of sickness or broken relationship. Yeah, Lord, I pray that you will um, bring healing. Lord, if there's forgiveness that needs to be given, that you will give that. Lord, I pray that um, all of us, we'll be able to position our heart to a place of respect and honor, even if we feel that maybe parents haven't quite done what maybe we would like them to have done. And this evening, Lord, as parents, we submit our lives to you and we ask for your wisdom that we would parent well. Yeah, Lord, I pray that you will particularly help us to listen and to understand our children and to be faithful parents that pray for our children. I pray, Lord, as we reflect upon our parenting in the years to come,
that we would, in, a, in humility, we would see that our parenting is, is deserving of honor because we have parented in a way that has sought to honor you. Lord, we pray for our um, church family this evening. We pray, Lord, that this will continue to be our place of healthy relationships and that you will continue, Father, to put people around our lives that will enable us to grow and mature as followers of you. Yeah, Jesus, we give you thanks for your word. Let your word do us good, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.